0: You're listening to the MarketLand Coffee Podcast. My name is Einar and I'm here with Jason. Jason just returned from Ethiopia and in this episode we hear more about his trip. Hello Jason and welcome back. Tell us about your trip to Ethiopia.
1: Hello Einar. Hello everyone. Thanks for listening. Um, Yeah, I got back on the weekend and I'm still a bit jet-lagged. It's a long way and it was a long trip back but yeah, I'm excited to share some things I learned about Ethiopia on this trip and share with you some of the coffees we bought. We haven't confirmed everything, but we've confirmed most of it. Yeah, I'd like to tell you where I've been and who mm-hmm. I've seen. Let's get into it.
0: So this is your fourth time to visit Ethiopia. Can you tell us a little bit about how to, how to get there? How do you end up in Ethiopia?
1: Um, it's a long flight to Dubai and then uh, usually just a short layover and then a short hop of across from Dubai over to Addis. Um, So it's 14 hours from Melbourne to Dubai, and then uh, just four from... Uh, Dubai to Addis.
0: Uh, And then Addis is the capital of uh, Ethiopia.
1: Addis is the capital of Ethiopia. And uh, one thing to note about Ethiopia is the population is quite spread out. So it's unlike Australia, where we have, you know, 95% of our population just around the outside of Australia. We have in Ethiopia, there's a population of about 5 million in Addis, but the remaining 115 million are just spread out fairly evenly throughout ethiopia so it's a really sort of agricultural country you know a lot of people live rurally and uh and they're quite spread out so um yeah unlike australia even after you've been driving for five or six hours and you think i could be in the middle of nowhere there's people with goats and carts and things like that so
0: and you don't just sit at your desk thinking it's time to go to um, ethiopia Mm. you go at a certain time of the year and uh, you don't travel alone
1: Yeah, so it's quite a long process to get ready for the trip. First thing is we sit down with our sister company, Melbourne Coffee Merchants, um, to plan the trip, and uh, we're looking to go at a time when we can visit some washing stations, but also taste some coffee at um, Addis in the exporters' labs. Um, So we start planning um, when to visit, and we get in touch with our exporters and Sukafina and... Yeah, try and try and find the, the right time. We said in things like letters of intent, um, Melbourne coffee merchants will be buying coffee for you know other roasters and to have on their offer list, and obviously Michael Lane will be buying some coffee for some seasonal espresso and also our filter coffees. Um, and the timing's quite difficult, so you sort of want to get there at a time when you can taste coffee. That's the primary sort of reason we're going is to taste and select coffees. But also we want to get out to the country and see some washing stations and meet some people and shake hands and see coffee cherries, you know. Um, That stuff is really important for for marketing, but also for like, well, for marketing in terms of like storytelling and explaining what these places are like and and who produces coffee there. On one of my previous trips, um, I went with Miller and we went in November and it was much too early to taste coffee, but... We did see a lot of action at washing stations, a lot of people picking coffee, delivering coffee cherries. So that was really um, really interesting. And on other trips I've gone late in January and there's been you know, almost no one at the washing stations. They've packed down all the beds. There's no coffee anywhere. So it's not really that interesting to visit um, at that time. And we were really lucky on this trip. We, we saw um, coffee being delivered. We saw the washing stations, most of them still, Um, processing coffee, drying coffee, uh, still quite a lot of coffee in their warehouses on the farms. And we're also able to taste, you know, almost everything. There's still a few coffees that we haven't tasted that we want to taste. And um, we'll have to wait to confirm the the final container for that.
0: When you taste the coffee, obviously at the um, washing station, there will be green beans. Mm-hmm. Do they have little roasteries, or do you do that somewhere else, maybe in Addis?
1: In Addis, yeah. No, we do actually drink coffee at the washing stations. They prepare Ethiopian-style coffee. So they have like a, a jebina, which is like a black ceramic coffee pot. They grind the coffee with a sort of like a giant mortar and pestle. And then the coffee goes into the jebina and they basically boil the boil the coffee and serve it in these very cute little cups. It's scorching hot and usually the coffee is quite a dark roast and it's not export quality so it's a little bit rough but it is it is one of the few places where um, you can go to a washing station and and enjoy a cup of coffee there but for quality control and for purchasing all the tastings done in Addis Um, and there they have labs and sample roasters and proper equipment to taste coffee on
0: and we had a question from one of our staff members Mm -hmm. uh, about producers whether they taste the coffee they produce or not Mm -hmm. do you want to answer that question here
1: if you're talking about coffee in the sense that we know it, so like export grade, milled, high quality, then probably almost none of the producers have tasted their coffee in that way. But if you're talking about coffee that's grown on their farm, then yes, almost 100% of them will have because um, almost everyone will pick coffee and keep some aside for themselves to drink through the year. Um, they'll process it, usually natural process. They'll um, they'll hand mill it and they'll grind it and stuff for for their own consumption.
0: Uh, so we had, had quite a lot of Ethiopian coffees. Uh, I think last year it was almost nonstop. Can you tell us a little bit what you are looking for when buying coffee and, and what you particularly like about Ethiopian coffees?
1: I like the regional characteristics. I like the difference um, that you can taste between Guji and Sadama, you know, Guji Yoga Chef. They're like very geographically pretty close together, but they taste quite different. Um, and that's a combination of um, the coffee varieties they're growing at those areas, but also the you know the local um, environmental differences, and Ethiopia is one of those unusual places that has had coffee varieties selected for the different regions by a central government body. They're called uh, Jark coffee varieties j-a-r-c varieties and that stands for um, jimma agricultural research center and through the 70s they did a lot of work to find the best varieties that suited particular areas for you know uh, disease resistance and taste and they distributed them and now they're really widely planted but it's it's really interesting that these are selected for the place and and they suit the place and they taste they taste great so that special selection has meant that um, particular areas have really clear particular characteristics.
0: So what are the characteristics that you're looking for, let's say, in a washed yoga
1: I'd you know be looking for a, a very floral, um, sometimes a little bit lemony, sometimes some stone fruit character. Um, very clean elegant and refined Um, and comparing that to like a washed guji if they're characteristically a guji would have a lot of like a blackcurrant or blueberry flavor you know heavier bodied a bit richer like dark chocolate
0: some places will do both washed and natural whether they do washed or natural often depends on the region
1: yeah it depends on the region um, depends on the availability of water um, and it also depends on Uh, the price basically that they're able to sell natural process or washed process coffees for Um, and this year there's a lot of natural process coffees out there because they're being delivered late and because um, in some places there is that just lack of lack of water
0: we'll talk a little bit about the coffees that are coming up at Market Lane later this year, mm-hmm. but do you want to talk about the places that you visited and the things you saw?
1: We traveled through the countryside with uh, Emmanuel from Sukafina, also with uh, Yisak who's from Testy. So we predominantly visited Testy washing stations and also um, some of the Lalisa projects farmers that Sukafina have been, I guess, developing or helping develop. And this project is really special. We've bought quite a few coffees um, through this program already like Edisu Hulichale uh, from Kalorcha and and at the moment we have this coffee from Tarakesh as well and she's part of the Lalisa project um, and the project itself is quite ambitious the idea is to help small producers who are now able they're like you know legally allowed to export their own coffee but the project is to help them do that Um, So while they might be allowed to do it, there's still a lot of hoops to jump through and a lot of difficulties in exporting their own coffee. For example, they have to prepare all this documentation in English and some of them obviously don't speak English. So uh, Sukafina will assist in this way and they'll, you know, they'll have their logistics person help prepare the documents for them. Another example is logistics and the logistics involved would be like hiring a truck to take the coffee from... Uh, their farm up to Addis, also finding someone to mill the coffee, which can be really hard because the scale of Ethiopian coffee production is so large that no millers really would want to touch a 30-bag lot because of the wastage involved and the scale, but um, Sukafina can step in and say, look, we're doing a lot of business with you this year, and part of that, we want you to mill these 50 small lots from small producers, and it's a pain, but we want you to do it.
0: Yeah, some people might remember Banco as well, which is also from uh, Lalisa Project, yep. I think, last year or the year before.
1: From the Lalisa Project, we had some really great conversations with contributors, and, and they told us that the program had made a huge amount of difference to their income and to their their welfare and to their families. So partially, it's because of the way that the money comes in. So it's now in we buy coffee in US dollars, and US dollars in Ethiopia are quite valuable. They're worth quite a lot, so they're getting the US dollars, but they're also getting just a much higher base income for their coffee. So you know, small smallholder producers have the choice to sell the coffee, sell their coffee cherries to local washing stations, but they would only get up to you know eighty birr per, per kilo of cherry and. Exporting their own coffee means that they would get more like $4.50 US per pound of coffee, which is a huge increase. And it's something like a 20-fold increase. You know, they're working the same. They're getting a much better income and it feels much more sustainable.
0: Can you describe um, kind of a typical Ethiopian coffee farm? Often we see pictures from from a forest. Mm -hmm. Is it like that or is it...
1: It's varied. I mean, the smallholders we visited had plots of land ranging from two hectares up to 10 hectares and they vary in being quite wild like shade grown coffee that would just look like a forest um, to being a well-managed farm more similar to like Guatemala where there's shade being managed the trees are being pruned or stumped to help regenerate yield so there's there's a range typically they're organic so there's no chemicals involved in their production at all Um, and partially that's just because they're not able to afford or they they don't want to invest in chemicals or don't need to and when we hear about coffees in
0: Central America, we often hear about the seasonal pickers that come and pick fruit on the farm. Mm-hmm. Is that what happens in Ethiopia?
1: Um, no, normally there, there's not really. I mean, in Central America, there are uh, people from different countries will come in and they'll tour and basically pick in in Guatemala and then Mexico, and they'll they'll sort of tour South America or Central America to pick coffee. In Ethiopia, they basically they don't they don't have a group of people who are doing that, so they they will pick their own coffee on their on their farm. Um, or they'll you know get help from their friends and then they'll go pick at their neighbor's farm as well Um, and obviously some of the producers who have more like you know five or ten hectares of coffee will actually just employ people so if they're getting paid in us dollars if they're getting paid that export rate they're going to be able to afford to to pay people to work on their farm either a manager or um, just some labor hire for picking
0: One of the exporters that you've been working with for a long time in Ethiopia is called Testi. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, Testi and the coffees that we had from them?
1: Yeah, so we first started buying from Testi in 2015 and we realized pretty quickly that we share a lot of values and uh, we um, really like the coffees that they're producing and the way that they're producing them. So. They're a company based in Addis, um, and they own a number of different washing stations around Ethiopia. They're primarily focused on quality, so unlike a lot of exporters in Ethiopia that will do the full range of you know premium coffees all the way through grade twos and grade threes, like the lower quality coffees, commercial grades, um, Testy only want to do the premium specialty coffees, um, and it served them really well. Like they're growing quite a lot. Um, I think they're hoping to export around 200 containers of coffee this year. And they've also been really well protected with um, the sea price increases. So whereas other exporters might have suffered because the sea price is increasing and and roasters and uh, importers are you know looking elsewhere or trying to do different deals. Um, because they're only buying specialty coffee and they're only selling specialty coffee. The prices they can ask for are already at a premium, and most of the people buying them are already selling it at a premium. So um, they've been really well placed for that. And I mentioned their values. They also focus a lot on um, some of the social, like social projects that they do um, at washing stations. And a really big one that the owner, um, Fisel, is passionate about is education. And they've started, I think, like three or four different schools around washing stations, primary schools and secondary schools just to help like educate children of the people who work at the washing station but also you know the local community with the aim to you know improve their lives.
0: Can you name a few coffees that we've gotten through Testy
1: Testy have been producing some of our favorite Ethiopian coffees so coffees like Hedesso, um, coffees like Ayla, um which was previously called Araressa, uh, Worker as well is another coffee from Testy, and Jigessa is you know one of my personal favorites that we have been buying pretty much every year and in in terms of volume we're going to buy um well melbourne coffee merchants and marketing together so our order from ethiopia will be like one full container from testy and a second container which is like half made up of coffees from testy and then half from the lalisa project <laughs>
0: When you went to visit, you saw this year's crop being uh, processed, Uh, but you also mentioned something you called past crop. Mm. Can you explain what past crop is?
1: Um, Past crops, you know, as it sounds, it's the coffee left over from the previous year's harvest. So in Ethiopia, there's uh, one main harvest and exporters sometimes will not sell everything in one year. So they'll have coffee that's sitting around from the previous season. And this can be quite bad because it can deteriorate, start to taste fairly old and a little bit flat. So um, this, you know, we generally call pass crop and it can be really challenging. Like sometimes coffees purchased from Ethiopia will be blended, you know, the fresh lot will be blended with the past crop sort of like secretly. And it doesn't really happen in many other places, um, but it happens in Ethiopia because they will have warehouses with the fresh crop and also the past crop. It won't happen with Testy because Testy basically only um will have the one season in their warehouse for the year. So once, you know, they try and clean it clean everything out and, you know, sell it all in the season. But we have been burned in the past and it's very hard to know how it happens or like for what reason. Um but we've definitely bought like fresh coffee from Ethiopia that's tasted a bit like past crop in the past.
0: Let's hear about the coffees that you bought or something that is coming. Mm. To market lane in 2023
1: uh, so melbourne coffee merchants and market lane we confirmed uh one container from testy and we're going to uh confirm the second one uh when we taste more of the lalisa project um but on that container we bought coffees like the adorsi washing station um which is in a from testy um hedesso isla um, washed a natural chigesa i think just the natural line and there's a couple of new ones as well we've bought uh one uh, washing station called huke and one called Yaye as well which is a cool name and a really nice washing station we do
0: have a, a few ethiopians on the menu already uh Golocha is in the seasonal blend yes. we got a brand new espresso mm-hmm. some shops have had it as a single lodge and on the bar for a little while Mm. and we also have a quite popular uh, filter coffee Tarakeshvarasa, varasa natural can you tell us a little bit about these coffees
1: yeah well i'm lucky enough to have have visited a few of these places on the last trip so worker um is in west arsi and um it was particularly difficult to get out to west Arcee, like a four and a half hour drive and dusty roads and stuff. Um, but it's a really beautiful part of Ethiopia. And actually, we learned that Worker is a small town and region. And we buy from two, two washing stations that are normally referred to as Worker. And it's not just the one. So we have to update our transparency information. Um, but the one that we visited was called Ash, like double A-S-H. And yeah, it's a beautiful place and uh, the people working at the washing station were really friendly and there were a lot of selfies taken of of me and Ailen. And yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful coffee, really well suited for espresso. Um, on the bag, we have notes of uh, honeycomb, strawberry and peach. We also have um, galolcha in our seasonal espresso and... Uh this is from a producer that we've bought coffee from quite a lot from mm-hmm. Ethiopia, Edusu Fulichali. And yeah, he's one of the small holders who, you know, owns owns a small piece of land and also can export his own coffee. So he's and he's one of the Lalisa project producers like one of their you know top producers
0: and we don't put the process on the seasonal blend bags Mm. this is a natural process ethiopian
1: and the worker is also natural process
0: and tarakesh is a natural
1: tarakesh as well is natural too um and there's a good reason that all the all the lisa projects um farmers produce natural and and are washed and that's because they don't have um a washing station on their farm so they have They have the coffee trees, they have a small area like a a patio area to dry the coffee or to build raised beds and dry the coffee there, Um, but they don't have any wet processing facilities. So to do that, that would need um, access to a water source like a river or something. Um, they would need a pulper and they would need tanks and usually washing channels and stuff like that so they they don't they don't have access to those things um the other coffee we yeah have at the moment is um Tarakesh Warasa yeah again i was re- we we were really lucky to visit um her farm uh, unfortunately we we missed her i think she was at a church and her husband was around so we we did get to meet him and chat about their coffee and what we loved about it and yeah really excited to be able to let them know that we were actually serving their coffee at the moment so
0: well thank you jason Uh, i hope you all found it uh, interesting and i hope you enjoy all the ethiopians that we have at the moment and the ones that are coming up a bit later in the year
1: thanks very much anna thank you all for listening if you have any questions please do not hesitate to get in touch thank you bye bye